Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Since my last episode, I mentioned starting a YouTube channel. Well, I've partnered with the platform Get Vocal to host a weekly true crime show every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. However, I am considering hosting a weekly or bi-weekly paranormal show where listeners can join and tell their stories. The platform is really cool. Think of it as Twitch for podcasters. I'm going to leave a link in the episode description. And if you think it's something you'd be interested in, just let me know. And maybe if you send me an email showing you've subscribed, then I will send you some haunted merch. Okay, enough of the business. Ready to get spooked? Jabelle shares their story surrounding an experience with a lost loved one. First, thanks for giving us a lovely platform to share our stories. I really enjoy your style of storytelling and find your voice very suited to spooky tales. I have to preface this by saying I wouldn't consider myself particularly in tune with the paranormal. Despite my fascination with it and to my disappointment, I've only had a couple of minor experiences. And even in my own mind, I still question what actually happened. But there's something different to be said about the experiences we sometimes have after losing a loved one. I feel less of a need to be a skeptic or question the experience, and more of a need to just accept it and feel comfort in it. My dad had many paranormal stories. He was a great storyteller in general, so who knows how many were crafted to entertain. But two stories in particular I know for sure he believed and told with complete certainty. So there is a bit of a backstory here. Before my parents met, my dad was married to a woman named Linda, who is the mother of my half-brother. Sadly, Linda passed away from breast cancer when my brother was just five years old. On the night of her passing, my dad was at home caring for my brother while Linda was in the hospital. Dad went to bed, fell asleep, and woke up in the morning feeling like he hadn't slept much at all. It was a bright morning, and once his eyes adjusted to the light, he glanced over at the bedside clock to see what time it was. It was around 3 a.m. No sooner had he realized that this made no sense, the room slowly dimmed back to black, and shortly after, the phone rang. It was the hospital. Linda had passed away. Sometime after, weeks, maybe months, my dad was out walking, He passed the house of an old lady who was sitting on her porch. The lady noticed my dad and called out to get his attention. Dad stopped and she told him that Linda's favorite necklace, the one you thought was lost, is in her jewelry box under a hidden compartment. Sure enough, when he checked, it was there. Years later, my dad met my mom and at some point, my mom got to see a photo of Linda. She recognized her immediately from a dream. They pieced together that around the time of Linda's death, my mom had this vivid dream. In the dream, my mom was sitting on a chair while a woman gently brushed her hair. Before leaving, the woman had said to my mom, look after them. 
I'd never truly understood how a dream like this can stay with you until after my dad passed away. He passed in January 2019, so it's still very fresh for me. But in the week after his passing, I had two very distinct dreams. In the first dream, I was home in my parents' house when the doorbell rang. In my dream, I knew my dad was gone, and I remember expecting the guest to be a relative or someone coming by to drop off food. I went downstairs to answer the door, and almost as immediately as I opened the door, my dad burst through with a cheeky grin and air about him as if to say, yes, it is me, I'm here. I woke up immediately and with a start, not because I was scared, but because I didn't expect to see him. It just felt too real. The second dream was more impactful. Again, I was at home at my parents' house. I knew dad was gone, it was night. I was alone and I was walking through the dark hallway toward my bedroom. Up ahead, I thought I could see the shadow of my dad turn the corner toward his bedroom. I called out to him and went to look for him, but no one was there. Disappointed, I went into my room and shut the door. No more than a minute after doing so, there was a knock on my door. I opened the door, and there was Dad, smiling. He said, It's me. I'm here. And I just remember feeling calm. After this point in the dream, I have hazy memories of sitting and talking with him for some time. But sadly, the finer details have left me. But what has remained vivid in my mind is the feeling that he really was there. And the only way he knew he could reach me, to let me know he was still with me and always would be. To anyone who has lost a loved one, I am with you. I share your pain and I am so sorry for your loss. It never leaves us, but neither do they. No one can truly understand how it feels until you have to live through it. And no one can ever tell you how to process it. You just have to be, to allow, to accept. Sorry that this was quite a long one. Maybe I'll share my other few minor experiences sometime. I guess I'll wait to see if my storytelling ability in this submission is well received. I don't want to bombard you. All the best during these strange times that we're in. Jabelle. Jabelle, I am so sorry for the loss of your father. It is amazing to me that when you have such a strong connection with someone, they come back to you in some form. When my brother passed away, I had several dreams of him, knowing myself that he was gone, but... I knew that he was there to offer me comfort and to let me know that he was okay. Those are the dreams that I will never forget because it's a loss that can never be forgotten. So I'm glad you were able to feel and see your dad a few more times. Now Naomi brings to the show a creepy tale about a shadow man. Hello, I love your program. I know this is super long, but you should read it. I have had experiences with shadow people since I was around eight years old. The first time I saw it was when I went with my family and the families of my friends to the mountain where we stayed for about one week in a very nice cabin. It was spacious, but you could tell that it was very old. 
Now this happened on the second night that we stayed there. The cabin had two floors. On the bottom floor was the kitchen, the living room, a bathroom, and several rooms where our parents would sleep. To go up to the second floor, there was a very narrow staircase that made a lot of noise if someone went upstairs. Up there, there was a long room with only five beds, so when night fell, we all went to our beds. The parents downstairs and we upstairs. At that time, my friends and I liked making breakfast. So the night before, we decide we're going to get up early and prepare a surprise breakfast for our parents. So we went to sleep with an alarm set to get us up not at 7, not at 9, but at 4 in the morning. So we fell asleep quickly. When the alarm went off, I was the only one who woke up. When I woke up, the first thing I did was try to wake up my friend. When I was trying to wake her up, I turned to see the stairs because I felt a very strange vibe. I felt someone was watching me. That's when I saw that a black shadow was standing on the stairs, looking me straight in the eye. The shadow did not seem to have facial features. It was just a totally black figure that looked like a man. I was frozen, trying to understand if what I was seeing was real or if it was just my imagination. At that moment, it crossed my mind that it was only one of our parents seeing if we were okay. But no, because there was no noise from the stairs, nor did it look like any of them. At this moment, one of my friends woke up to see the shadow. We were both frozen with fear, and in a whisper, I asked her, Are you seeing the same thing as me? And she said, Yes. So the only thing we did was cover our faces with the blanket. Somehow, we fell asleep, and in the morning, we did talk about what we saw between the two of us to verify that it was not a dream. It was not because we both remembered perfectly what we saw. The next year, when I was around nine years old, my family and I went on a trip where we stayed at a nice hotel in a very nice room. You know, nothing looked strange in the room. It was really small, it had two beds, a bathroom, a small closet, and a small table with two chairs. When it was nighttime, we decided how we were going to sleep. My parents and my little brother slept on a bed and my grandmother and me in the other bed. So we all go to sleep. In the middle of the night, I woke up and the first thing I saw was the same black human-like shadow sitting on the chair looking straight at me. I thought it was my dad. That's why I did not give it much attention. So I turned to look at my parents' bed where I saw that everyone was still asleep. And my grandmother next to me was totally asleep. I felt the same vibe as at the cabin. I closed and opened my eyes, but that shadow did not go away. So out of fear, I fell completely asleep again. Three years have passed and I still see the same shadow, but not as clear as before. Now, the only thing I see is shadows around me. To go to my room, you have to go through my parents' room. In my periphery, I see a shadow of a man sitting on the bed but when I turn to see if what I'm seeing is real, I don't see anything anymore. At the side of my bed, I have my closet where I almost always feel the same vibe that someone is watching me. But when I go to investigate, I don't see anything. I haven't told anyone what I'm going through because I feel like if I tell them and I pay more attention to this, that it will happen more. Thanks for reading my story. I know it is so long, but if it is scary enough, I would love to hear it on the show. Thanks.
Naomi, I can totally understand not wanting to bring attention to the shadow man, but I for sure think you should tell someone or get some sage and cleanse your room yourself. It seems to be following you as opposed to being location-based, and trust me, I do not know a lot about shadow men and that's on purpose, so I'm not really sure if it's a following person thing or if it's a location-based thing. Now, the fact that your friend also saw it tells me that it is not just a figment of your imagination. So I guess that's the good news. Della Curls shares her mother's personal story with La Llorona. so this story has been told to me by my mom a few times and every single time I still get that creepy eerie feeling that someone is watching me. My mom is from a small town in Mexico located in Zacatecas. When she was around 14 she had the habit of waking her mom up to go to the restroom since it was an older home and the restroom was located outside. My mom tells me that it was around 3 a.m. when she woke up and felt the need to use the restroom urgently. So she began calling out for her mom. After a while of her mom not responding, she began getting agitated and started screaming. At this point, my mom turns around and at the foot of her bed, she sees her mom standing there. She was wearing a white robe, but had a very bleak expression on her face and both of her arms were extended. My mom said that she suddenly felt extremely cold and a huge sense of dread. She had never seen her mom wear a white robe. That's when she looked down and saw her mom's feet weren't touching the floor. At that moment, she screamed and quickly threw the covers over her head. Her mom, wearing something completely different, runs in to find my mom shaking in her bed. Nobody believed my mom. Everyone told her it was a dream. Until a few days later, there was a power outage. During this... My mom and a few of her siblings with her parents all decided to sleep in the living room. At around the same time at 3 a.m., they heard the same undeniable wails of La Llorona down the street. None of them slept that night. The other story happened to me personally. Throughout my life, my family and I have lived from apartment to apartment. I was around five when I first saw her. My brother, sister, and I shared a room. I was never afraid to sleep on my own. I distinctly remember waking up one night and seeing a woman laying down next to me. I assumed it was my mom and found it a little weird that she had decided to come sleep with me in the middle of the night. I felt her weight on the bed. I opened my eyes to see her laying there and felt comfort in knowing my mom was sleeping next to me. The next day, I asked my mom why she had come to sleep with me. She looked at me weird and said she never came into my room last night. She blamed it on my imagination, and I shrugged it off. Another time, I was sleeping in my room during the day. My brother and sister were in the living room watching TV. I was awake, but my eyes were closed. Out of nowhere, I feel what almost felt like a veil thrown over my face and slowly yet swiftly dragged across my face. I opened my eyes and there was no one there. I was terrified. A few years later, we moved into another apartment. I shared my room with just my brother and my sister slept with my parents. 
My grandma had to come to visit from Mexico. She slept on my bed and I slept with my brother in his bed. His bed was right next to the bathroom in our room. My grandma would wake up around 6 a.m. to pray her rosary and my mom would usually wake us up around 7 a.m. for school. One morning, my grandma saw what she thought was my mom sitting on the edge of my brother's bed. The woman's head hung low and she was sobbing. It was dark in our room and my grandma was about to say something when she saw the figure get up and walk into the restroom. She waited for what she thought was my mom to come back out and a few minutes later my mom walked into the room to wake us up for school. Her stomach immediately dropped. She asked my mom when she had come out of the restroom because she hadn't seen her. My mom was confused. She told her that she had been in her room the entire time. I didn't learn about this encounter until years later. My grandma and my mom said they didn't want to scare us. I still wonder if it was the same woman I had seen come into my bed years earlier. We have all seen things in that apartment. My family members who don't live there have all seen a little boy. My mom fell asleep one night in the living room and saw a man peering out the blinds. She yelled out thinking it was my dad saying, what are you doing? She closed her eyes when she heard the patio door slam. She ran into her room to find my dad peacefully asleep. As of now, we haven't seen or heard anything else. I still wonder who that woman was and if she had followed us into that apartment. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Now you see, I love Mexican folklore stories and La Llorona was definitely a ghost story I was obsessed with. There are so many stories about her origins, but the story I'm most familiar with is this one. There was a woman who was a widow and had children to take care of. She met someone, but he refused to be with her because he didn't want children. Distraught, she took her children to the river and drowned them. After realizing what she had done, she went mad and drowned herself too. When she arrived in heaven, she was turned away and was told that she would need to roam the earth until she found the souls of her children to bring back with her. So she returns and walks near the water, just crying for her children, looking for them. So yeah, she definitely creeped me out when I was younger and I read stories about her. Now our next story comes from Bear on One on One, who brings us a story about a truly haunted house. Backstory. 20 years ago, the location kept private with an ex-girlfriend. She had a best friend that we will call Jane. Jane was dating a drifter and this guy was living on his boss's property and his boss's long-deceased grandmother's house, far out in the country surrounded only by wheat fields. This guy's boss lived on the property about half a mile down the long driveway by the front gate. The boss knew that all of us were planning on staying in his grandmother's house, so it was all good. But there was one rule. We could only stay in the back part of the house and only leave that room to go into the dining room to use the bathroom off to the side. No exceptions. Well, first night there, I had to take a crap. 
I was a mid-twenties male, so I'm not scared of old, dusty houses. Well, this house was slightly unusual, as that at one time, the big window that sat right above the old bear claw tub was still there and now faced into a hallway that was later added on. A super thin white curtain barely offered any privacy to anyone who could have been using the toilet, had anyone been in that hallway. So there I sat, quietly doing my business, when an older person shuffled down the hall past that window. I was slightly embarrassed, but finished and went back to the back room to continue partying and drinking. I don't recall if I ever said anything about the older person until my girlfriend at the time later went to the restroom, came back and asked if anyone was living there as she had seen an older person walking past that same bathroom window. Nobody had any answers, although Jane's boyfriend said he was pretty sure that nobody lived there. He had been occupying the residence for a month or so at that point and never saw or heard anyone. So the next day, all three of them head back to town to get more alcohol, cigarettes, and food, leaving me there all alone. I'm not going to follow any rules. I'm in my early 20s and I'll do what I want, right? So I go through the entire one-story house. Literally everything everywhere is covered in this nice thin layer of dust. It took a while to find this sad hallway, but after searching for a bit, I found it in the kitchen to the right of an old refrigerator near the corner. I walk down the 20 or so feet hall and come to a small bedroom. The window that looked into the bedroom was halfway down this hallway. The bedroom was at the end of the hallway. Now, let me just try to describe it in full detail. In front of me, with the headboard against the wall to my right, is an old metal bed, like you would see in a very old hospital photo. Immediate to the left inside the doorway is a china cabinet, glass doors full of dishes and such. All the way around the bed against the three walls are stacks of large cardboard boxes full of stored belongings. And against the furthest wall in the far corner, on top of a dusty cardboard box, is a brand new looking pure white Coca-Cola shirt. Everything else is dusty, but this shirt. And hey, my girlfriend loves Coca-Cola. So I step over this large hard body suitcase and onto the old bed. I walk across the old bed, grab the shirt and turn around to leave when the bed gives way and falls apart. I try to stop my fall with an outstretched hand to grab the top of the large suitcase to no avail. It was nothing more than a huge block of white foam like you would find in a seat cushion. I busted the upper edge of my nose in between my eyes on the middle shelf of the china cabinet. I still have that scar 20 years later. So I hit the cabinet pretty hard and it was lights out for me. Not as I passed out, but I crawled off the bed and onto the floor in serious pain and everything was black as if I was blind. I remember sitting on my butt, rocking back and forth in pain. I opened my eyes again and I could finally see again and I was absolutely covered in blood. My shirt, the Coca-Cola t-shirt, my pants and the floor was drenched in blood. I knew this was pretty serious as I was still bleeding so I drove the 10-ish miles back into town to the hospital. I was seen right away because my injuries looked far more serious than they were. I got three stitches, mostly cleaned up, and after an hour, I was on my way back to that house. I had to clean up the blood in that room before it was discovered. 
Oddly enough, my girlfriend and company still had not made it back yet since they decided to go out to eat and such. I made my way back down the hallway to this old bedroom to find a perfectly intact bed, a hard-bodied suitcase right where it was before, not a drop of blood on the dusty floor. The Coca-Cola shirt, however, was ruined. A few years later, I moved far away, got married, and one day I came across this old Coke shirt, still stained in old blood. Why I kept it, I have no idea, but I decided to try peroxide and it cleaned up quite nicely. A few years later, I got a divorce and moved back home, still talked occasionally to the ex-girlfriend from the story. I am not joking at all when I say this. Her and I got to talking about that house one day, and she told me she still had that old Coca-Cola shirt given to her by me years earlier. I called serious BS until she rummaged around in her closets and pulled it out. All I have left is just the scar. No other way to prove this. I know I never told her about that day or ever gave her that shirt as blood would make her pass out. Okay, see, that one's really creepy. <laughs> it definitely gave me the chills, and the Coke shirt is such a weird thing to have move houses like that. Like, is it just an illusion, or... It's weird. So who the heck knows, but this is a great note to self to just respect the haunted house rules that are laid before you when you visit said haunted house. Now, Alana brings us the final story for this episode, and I'll leave it up to you to decide. Is her mom haunted? Hey, big fan of the show. I'm located in Australia and have had a few little things happen to me. When I was around six years of age, I distinctly remember waking up in the middle of the night to the sound of someone walking around my bed on the carpet. I remember lying there and I could hear the slow step circle my bed. My immediate thought at the time was that it was my cat, Oscar. So I got out of bed and looked around my whole room, including under my bed, but realizing pretty quickly that I was alone. I remember jumping back into bed so fast, throwing the sheet over my head and screaming for my mom who came and slept in my bed for the rest of the night. Fast forward a few years later and I am around 15 years of age and we have moved out of that house. I said to my mom that I really miss living in that house. It was an amazing place with lots of great memories. She stated that she hated the house and was so glad to be out of it, which shocked me because I had no idea she felt that way. She explained to me that a few things happened to her that creeped her out. It all started with weird infestations of snakes and spiders, which was easy to dismiss because we were on a bush property, but she claims the infestations were much worse than normal. At night, when my dad was on a night shift, she was alone in her bed when she felt three strong tugs on her sheets at the end of the bed. She knew it was not us kids and our dad was away, Apparently, she was frozen in fear and didn't get any sleep. Dad backed up this story, too, because the same thing happened to him twice, both times when the other partner wasn't there. 
Mom also swore that the house was trying to kill my little brother. Over two to three months, my little brother, who was around five at the time, had all these accidents happen to him. He was burnt badly, fell through a window, almost got hit by a car out at the front of the house, and cut his leg open in the bathroom. All complete accidents and just bad luck. But it was so strange that they all happened so close together. The clincheress, the lady we sold our house to, ended up hanging herself in the house. We found that out from our old neighbors. Hearing all this really shocked me because I honestly remember having a great childhood in that home and had no idea my mom felt that way. Recently, at the beginning of this year, my mom and I were in rural Victoria doing some travel and I booked us a room for two nights at a motel called the Diamond House. It's a cute little motel that is around 100 years old. It's basic, but was good for two nights. I'm normally quite a heavy sleeper and can sleep through most things. However, the first night there, I was awoken by the sound of someone saying, Morning, Alana, over and over again. I quickly realized it was my mom, and the way she was snoring sounded like she was saying good morning to me. I still had my eyes closed and was still half asleep, and I quickly opened my eyes to check that the sound was definitely coming from her over in the next bed. However, when I opened my eyes, I could see the silhouette of an older lady with a large hat standing over my mom. I was so exhausted that my initial thought was to shrug it off and go back to sleep. But the logical side of my brain kicked in and thought, if someone is in our room, I need to wake up. I quickly opened and focused my eyes to see what was happening and the lady had disappeared. I put it down to the fact that I was still half asleep and just seeing things. The next day I asked the owners and they confirmed that there have been a few sightings of a lady with a hat at the motel, which really creeped me out because I still had another night there. I didn't tell my mom because I didn't want her to freak out. The next night I waited for my mom to have a shower and while she was doing that I spoke out loud and explained who we are, what we are doing there and that we will be gone tomorrow. I asked her to please leave us alone, we mean no harm. A bit silly, but I just felt the need to do that. Luckily, nothing happened that night and everything was fine. I ended up telling her about the lady after we got back home. A part of me thinks that maybe this has something to do with my mom. Anything slightly weird that has happened to me has always been when I was with my mom. Even after all this, she is still a skeptic and hates talking about anything like this. Anyways, thanks for your time and keep up the great work. Thanks, Alana. Okay, Alana, your mom for sure is haunted. Or she is really open and just gets a lot of visits when she happens to be asleep or going to bed. I wonder what she thinks, though, and if she's into protecting herself to avoid these interactions, or if she wants to be blindly unaware that she's opening herself up to spirits. Either way, thank you for sharing, and I can't wait to hear more from you if you have any stories. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky personal tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. 
The official composer for the show is We Talk of Dreams. Check them out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkofDreams.com. Audio engineering was provided by Chez at Gray Multimedia.